Baptism in the Holy Spirit. Let's see. Um, Mikey, start with Acts chapter 10, verse 34 through 48. All right, we've been talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. This is our third week. If, if you have not been here the last two weeks and you need to play catch-up, you need to go back to the last two uh, downloads on, online from Wednesday night and catch up. Um, who, who, have been, who has not been here the last two weeks? Okay, we got a bunch. Um, this is a rhetorical question, so don't answer. Okay, have you ever heard of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, those that raised your hands? If you haven't, if you haven't, um, I have been building a case for the last th- two weeks, today will be the third week, of how Scripture shows us that there is something, there is a second experience called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I'm sure that you've probably been taught differently, and that teaching is probably not completely wrong. I'm not trying to say that what I am preaching is absolutely right, even though I think it is. I wouldn't preach it if I didn't think it was. But what you need to do is you need to take the Word, and you need to take the Spirit, and you need to, ju- you need to test it. You're supposed to test the Word. You're supposed to test it, and does it line up with God's Word, and does it line up with God's Spirit? And over the last two weeks, I've been building a case saying, I believe, as your pastor, that there is a second experience called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And we're not the only kooky church. They're all over the place that believes in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We might be one of the few Baptist churches, but yet, yet we are. We're a spirit-filled Baptist church, which is an oxymoron to some, but it shouldn't be. Scripture talks about being filled with the Spirit. And we are a church that claims to be a spirit-filled church. Now, I have given... Now, if you have not been here and you want these resources, I'm going to give you three scriptures to go back and read. It's Acts 2, verse 1 through 21. We looked at it last two weeks ago. Acts 2, verses 1 through 21. That is the, um, that is the uh, passage of Pentecost. When the 120 were up in the upper room, these were all believers. They had seen Christ after he was resurrected. About 500 people saw him. He told them all to go up to this upper room, and 120 made it. Believers. Believers in Christ. Followers in Christ. And you all remember Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them. Right? Second experience. You may say, well, Pastor, that's the first time the the Holy Spirit was poured out. Okay. Then we go to Philip's revival in Samaria. That's Acts chapter 8, verse 4 through 17. Philip had been preaching preaching this great sermon, preaching on salvation. People were getting saved left and right. Some people came back and talked to the disciples. The disciples said, is he teaching the Holy Spirit? He sends two disciples, they send two disciples back to go back and lay hands on those that have received Christ and baptize them in the Holy Spirit. Days after, go back and read it. Don't take my word for it. Go back and read Scripture. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 8, verse 4 through 17. We've looked at that the last Uh, the last two weeks. And then last week we ended with Paul's conversion. Walking on the road to Damascus, light shines down on him. He's blinded. He receives Christ on the road. He believes in Christ. He becomes a Christian, a Christ follower on the road. Three days later, he goes to Ananias. Ananias lays hands on him so that he would be filled with the Spirit. Go read it. I'm not taking some weird translation I'm, I think it's uh, New King James or NIV that we're reading from. 
Okay, so that's three cases. Here comes the fourth case. I'm going to be giving you five cases. Fourth case, Acts chapter 10, verse 1 through 46. Now, this is a story of Peter preaching. Peter is preaching, and he is preaching a a great sermon at the house of Cornelius. And as he is preaching the good news, those hearing are converted and are immediately baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of tongues. Now, you're going to see in, I believe, four of the five cases, tongues are, are present. When the Holy Spirit comes and they're filled with the Spirit, tongues are present. Okay? Tongues are not a bad thing. Tongues are a good thing. We're going to be learning that starting next week. So if you've never experienced any teaching on tongues, come. We're not going to get weird. Define weird. You're weird. I'm weird. We're weird. Go to Walmart. Go to some place they're shooting fireworks. We're weird. Go to some place where they saw the tornado. We're, 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 we live in weird. We're on the earth. We have issues. We got stuff. Tongues is not weird. For some reason, not for some reason, Satan has made tongues weird. Nowhere in Scripture do we see the tongues is weird. In fact, Paul says, I pray more. I wish you all prayed in tongues. The Apostle Paul, do you reject him? But we reject this little portion. Don't do that. We do that to Jesus. Don't do that. Don't take the stuff you want and reject the stuff you don't want. Take it all. It's all there for your benefit. So, tongues, next week. It's going to be good. Um, I've got my prayer language. I've had it since I was 17. And you can't take that away from me. It's mine. Pete likes to say, that's mine. That's mine. He's fighting with his siblings and he's being obnoxious. But my, my prayer language is, is, um, is precious to me. It is one of the most powerful things I have in my life that when I cannot go forward, I can pray in tongues. And I can get free of whatever it is that I'm battling. Sometimes I don't know how to pray. I don't know if you've ever prayed and ran out of words. There's a reason for that. There's something else. God doesn't abandon you. He's ready to kick you into the next gear. Start praying the perfect plan of God. So, tongues next week. But in four of the five cases, we see the evidence of tongues. So, Peter, Acts chapter 10, verse 1. We see Peter preaching and uh, but one big difference in this passage, all the others I've showed you, there has been a time difference between receiving Christ and John's water baptism and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Here, as Peter's preaching, the Spirit falls on him. Now, that's the kind of, that's the kind of uh, Holy Spirit baptism I would like to choose. If I could choose, that I wouldn't have to walk an aisle, I wouldn't have to drive to North Carolina, I wouldn't have to do it in my shower, I just listen, I'm just... I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit in the shower. I don't know what you're laughing at, but anyway, that's what it. How many of you pray in the shower, sing in the shower, do a lot? We'll just leave it at that, but in the shower. I pray in the shower. I sing in the shower. I, I, get, I hear God in the shower. I'm weird. Whatever. I don't care. Take it up with God. I'm good. Me and God are good. I've got places that I that I really encounter God. The shower is one of them. I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit in the shower. I didn't have to have somebody lay hands on me. I received by faith. Somebody say amen. 
Now, don't shut down on me. I know that uh, this, tonight we were really getting with it in worship and the volume was a little loud. We heard you. We're going to be turning it down. All right, we're going to work on that. But don't miss the point tonight, and that is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Tune in. Plug in. Say, okay, I have fought this my whole life, but the pastor, I, I really trust him. I think he's been leading. I think he leads this church in the right way. I hope you do. I don't know what you'd be doing here if you didn't think I was. But okay, I'm on board with him. Let's at least hear it out. Because I want you to know it's vital. It's vital to your breakthrough in your life. It's not heaven or hell. It's not salvation. It's not you. It's not the salvation decision. It's just a next step. All right. So Peter's preaching this message, and the Spirit falls. Now I pray, in Jesus' name, as I preach, let the Spirit fall. I don't, I don't want an option of do I receive what you have for me, God, or not. Just do it. How many of you have just prayed, God, just, just take me out of the equation and do what you want to do? Let the Spirit fall. But Peter's preaching. On the day of Pentecost, it was 10 days. On the Philip's revival, it was a few days. On Paul's conversion, it was a few days. But Peter's preaching this Spirit-inspired sermon, telling them about Jesus. And when he reaches the point of when he starts proclaiming forgiveness of sins and all who believe in Jesus, the heart of the gospel that Jesus Christ died to save sinners, the people in, in the place began to receive the message of salvation and immediately things started to happen. Everyone who believes Peter's words are immediately baptized in the Holy Spirit. Even before Peter can end his sermon. Peter can't even get done. I wonder if Peter's arguing with God. God, wait just a minute. I got a good point. Wait a minute. I didn't even get to the punchline. No. I'm sure Peter was just like, yes. I'm done. God, you go. Acts chapter 10. Let's look at it right here. Verse 34. And Mikey, just follow with me if you don't mind. Then Peter began to speak. Now I realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts every nation from the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message. Now wait, let's stop for just a second. This is Peter giving a sermon. He is preaching, okay? You know the message God sent to the people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached. Again, that's water baptism. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross. Verse 40. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach the gospel and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and of the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. Keep going. 
The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they had heard him speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with him a few days. While Peter was speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell. And you can see that they hadn't even been been water baptized yet. The Holy Spirit fell on them. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they hadn't even been water baptized yet. That'll mess with everybody's, a lot of people's theology right there. Let me tell you, it's a heart issue. You can always get baptized tomorrow. Receive the Spirit today. If you've not been baptized, it is not a prerequisite for you to receive the Holy Spirit. The prerequisite is that you believe in Jesus Christ and you receive Him as your Lord and Savior. If you have done that, you are a candidate. You're not just a candidate. You're it. If you haven't been baptized, you need to be baptized. If you're sitting there and you haven't been baptized, why? Why not? If you're sitting there and you've never received the baptism in the Holy Spirit and you're choosing not to, why? That's all I'm going to ask you. I'm not here to make you feel guilty. I just want to ask you a question, why? If you've got someone sitting beside you and their choice is heaven or hell, why would you choose hell? Not out, not out of guilt. I'm not trying to guilt you into it. I just want, to, I just want a, good, a good answer. What's your answer? Why? Why do we do the things that we do? Why would we not receive the Holy Spirit? You're going to see as I begin to teach on tongues, you do the speaking. The Holy Spirit speaks through you, but you do the speaking. You're not going to lose control of yourself. The only way you lose control of yourself is if you give up um, the spirit of self-control, the fruit of self-control, and you lose it. How, how many of you have ever lost it before? The Holy Spirit didn't make you do that. You did that. We have the gift of self-control. And when the Holy Spirit speaks, He speaks through us. I do the speaking. Now, that's my prayer language. I can start it, I can stop it. I don't lose control in the Walmart parking lot. I don't foam at the mouth and start running like crazy in the, in the grocery section. Satan is trying to, is trying to steal from you. And your, your answer should be, no, no. I want to just give you a word, uh, an encouragement. We had um, last night, I still have one more to, to share with you and then I'll close. But last night we start, uh, We didn't start, but Teen Challenge started their Hope, hope for Freedom. Hope for Freedom? Hope? I don't... Hope for Life, thank you. It's just for, for uh, people that are struggling with addictions or just struggling in life, just needing help, just to be able to come here for two hours and receive. And uh, I want you to know we had 12 people. I think nine men, uh, three women, 
and one gave their heart to the Lord. Now, I would have to argue that they are probably struggling a lot more than you are. They're bound by addiction and bound by lies. But the things that you're battling are just as strong. This thing of trying to, the Satan trying to keep you from stepping into what God has for you is just as powerful as somebody trying to get off of drugs. And Satan's been lying to you. It's a lie. And what I want you to do, I don't want you to take my word for it. Take, take the word. Take the word for it. Get in your Bibles and study. And then comes faith. And step out in faith. Does anyone here believe, and you don't have to answer this, does anyone here believe that God can give you something that can hurt you or that won't benefit you? It's impossible. Now, some corrections hurt. But when I'm talking about a gift from God, God's gifts are good. God's gifts are good. We all say that with me. God's gifts are good. And His gift of the Holy Spirit, it's the promise of the Father, is good. Maybe I'm talking to, I'm preaching to the choir. Maybe you all are right here with me, but I believe we've got some, some that are struggling. You're not alone. You're not alone. Let me show you the last one. Um, This one's my favorite one. Acts chapter 19, verse 1. Do you all have your Bibles out? Acts chapter 19, verse 1. Let's, let's read this one together too, and then I'll close. Um, Mikey, if that's NIV, will you change it to New King James? Uh, I'm in New King James. Awesome, thank you. Are you all ready? And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, let's just stop there. That's enough to say there are two experiences. This is the Apostle Paul who wrote humongous portion of the New Testament, saying, Did you receive, have you received Christ? And if you have, have you received the Holy Spirit? What's he saying? There are two things. I believe you got one. Did you get the other? Did I, did I overread that? Did I read in? Did I lead you into that? Or is that what it says? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And for, for those of you that haven't been here the last two weeks, you'd say, wait a minute. I was told that I received the Holy Spirit when I was saved. Yes, you did. It, scripture says you cannot confess Jesus as Lord without the Holy Spirit. You did. You can't do it without the Holy Spirit. What we're talking about is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Did you receive the Holy Spirit? What's what he's talking about when you received, when you believed? So they said to him, I love this. We didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. We have not even heard of the Holy Spirit. You may be here tonight and you may say, I have never even heard of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Nothing's changed. You're, you haven't missed it. You, everything's okay. 
there are millions that have received John's baptism and have received salvation but have not stepped into this next step. God's got you here for a reason tonight, let me just tell you. We've not even heard, we've not so much as heard whether there's a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism, which we all know is is water baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with water of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come... Who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus, verse 5. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about twelve in all. Now let me reread that just a second. I've kind of battled with this today. John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this... They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. As I've I've studied and studied and studied this, and I've gotten two uh, scholars have have argue one point. One is that they were water they were it looked they were water baptized when they showed up, and then Paul went ahead and baptized them again, and then baptized them in the Holy Spirit. Others have argued that they weren't baptized at all, and that Paul took care of both on the spot. So it's not worth arguing over, but I can see here, I believe that Paul took care of it all. If we missed a a point, let's baptize again. This is is one area where uh, the only, I think the only place in scripture where it may even infer or refer to someone being baptized twice. Me personally, I don't care to baptize you twice. I'll baptize you as many times as you want to be baptized. You know, I I don't think we can get enough I'm not saying let's all line up and get baptized every Sunday. But there have been times, like I was baptized at five and have wondered, was I really saved at five? I know in my heart I was saved at five. I don't need to be rebaptized again. But if I wanted to, that would be fine too. How can I go wrong seeking after God? I can't. I think that I can even mess it all up, but if I'm seeking after God, God's going to bless me anyway. It's my heart. So we can see here, they got saved, they ran into Paul. Paul's like, oh, I'm so glad you're saved. Do you know about the Holy Spirit? What Holy Spirit? Great, let me tell you about it, and let's, let's go ahead and confirm this and get this done. Just don't argue about it. Let's just get this done. This is, you just need to have your, you know, like, like children at five years old, they need to have their shots before they go to kindergarten. Our kids don't question it. They scream and cry, and they don't want to do it, but they go and they get their shot. Paul's saying here, okay, you're a follower of Christ. We've got one more step. Let's just go ahead and do this and get this out of the way. Great. And tongues again was present. Separate experience. Separate experience. Now, out of the five, can you see salvation, baptism, and the Holy Spirit? Okay. Now, I'm done. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm, if y'all would, let's just stand up and let me pray over you. But I want to just make it available again. If you don't want to wait until the night that we really have the laying on of hands service, uh, it's going to be in about two or three weeks. I hope you don't think, oh, man, I'm going to miss that one on purpose. No, don't do that. You be here. Which one is it? What day is he doing that? No, no, no. You get here. If you're baptized in the Spirit, and I, you know, I've, I've uh, ministered with you before, I'm going to need some help. We're going we're gonna to have a great service that night.
But just like last week, I asked if anyone needed their prayer language, and I had someone come up and get it. Got their, got their prayer language. Piece of cake. God, God, wants you to, God wants you to pray in tongues. Paul says, I pray in tongues more than all of you. I wish you all prayed in tongues. But if it's the baptism in the Holy Spirit and you don't want to wait for a couple weeks, I'm just going to open the altar up for you to come up here. I'm going to pray and then dismiss and you can come up here. And I want to pray with you. Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask that we would, Lord, we would, we would fear you, God, but that we wouldn't be afraid of you. And that we would just break that lie that Satan has been telling us to not go too far. Lord, my testimony, my testimony shows that I can't go too far in you. I can't get too deep. I'm not deep enough. I thank you, Lord, that you are a safe place. You are a safe place for me. And that your love never fails. And Lord, your word tells us that how good your gifts are. And that even as human man, as evil as we can be and as evil as we are, give good gifts to our children. How much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And God, you're perfect. And you're good. All the way through. I just break, I just break right now over this church right now, the work of Satan trying to tell us a lie. I just ask you, Lord, just to pour out your spirit upon us right now. Pour out your spirit upon us, Lord. Those that have been filled with the spirit, Lord, fill us again. I just ask you to fill me again. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord. I thank you that you're a redeeming God. You're a restoring God. The Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is an equipping for the disciple. It's an equipping for you to be effective as you go out from the church. It's to empower you to reach the lost. Why not receive it? Thank you, Lord. Father, I just pray over everybody here, the Lord, that the needs that they have, Lord, that you would meet them. That the person next to them will just ask about how they're doing. And Lord, that we, we as a church body would begin to meet, meet our needs that the church would begin to meet, meet the people's needs. That someone wouldn't leave here tonight that has a need. Help us to be the church. Help us to pray, help us to love, help us to cry, help us to laugh. Thank you, Lord. We just bless you, Lord. Give us a great rest of the week. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I'm down here if anybody wants to pray. And if you have other things you want to pray over, I'd be glad to pray with you.